You're listening to Selling the Dream. This isn't an interview, and we're not journalists. But each week, we'll ask our guests to open up and share their secrets to business success. Let's have a conversation and have some fun. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Selling the Dream, podcast about sales, motivation, and success. I'm Ken Jordan, and as always, I'm joined by my brother from another mother, Joe Iredell, coming from the West Coast, San Diego. And welcome, Joe. JJ, it's good to be back, brother. It is, it is. So I know we always date our podcast by talking sports, but I don't really care. So first things first, we got to acknowledge the fact that the Eagles are a one seat and then we're going into the playoffs. Potentially with a head quarterback. I don't know. We'll see how that plays out. He's yeah. not hurt. What are your thoughts? I, I He's not I hurt? Think, no, he doesn't get hurt, man. He's not hurt. He's, he did the work. He did the work. He said, hey, we're, we're going to get the number one seed. I'll let the team bond without me and then come in and be the hero, man. That's what he's going to do. And that guy's a, I said it from day one, the guy's a, he's a winner. When you have a winner at the helm, you're going to win. So he's I an like absolute stud. He is a stud, man. And that guy, we've never seen anything like it. So I think the giants are going to smoke the Vikings. And I think that it doesn't matter who wins between the Cowboys and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Cause I think we're playing the giants in the next round and that's my uh, that's my call i think the vikings are total throats i think if you're betting that vegas loves you because that's not, not gonna happen to there's no chance no way bro <laughs> Sorry, you know we'll see we'll wait i'll bet you pineapple joe hold on i'm gonna tell our, our listeners here so now i don't know how many people out there know this and i don't know how many people don't but joe and his family thought it'd be a good idea to give Gifts for the holidays, and the gift you gave was a pineapple. Right? Yes, a completely innocuous gift. Something that what well, goes good with ham, right? Let's. Well, all right. So I thought we it. I'm gonna. All right. So I'm also going to defer some of the responsibility of blame here because I'm not that thoughtful. My wife comes up with great ideas, and so she decides that hey, like, all right, this year, like, you know, something nice. We live on the beach and so forth. So it's like, oh, we'll just give all the neighbors a pineapple, a nice little card. You know, figure people for Christmas dinner, they have ham, ham. So we hand out all these pineapples to all the neighbors with a nice little, you know, malakaliki maca card, whatever, right? So it turns out <laughs> that there's some symbolism behind the pineapple, which we were unaware of, but apparently a majority of <laughs> A large amount of neighbors were privy to this information that if you go on a cruise ship or something like that and you wear a pineapple, specifically an upside down pineapple in our defense, but pineapple nonetheless, it means that you're, you're in the sharing, you're, you're really good sharing and you share everything, including your spouse. So this was brought to our attention after my, my sweet little kids had delivered all of the hospitality, I thought, right? It is definitely a next level of hospitality from what I was informed. So it was nonetheless, it was a big hit with some of the neighbors. So we bet when, yeah. So after we found us out, we left town for a little bit and kind of let the dust settle. So it's, I don't know. I mean, pineapples are delicious and they're also, oh, oh, you know, a welcome sign. <laughs> So be careful out there with your pineapples and you get <laughs> you probably be more careful than that. I don't understand. I mean, how come all this cool, innocent stuff that taken over and turned into weirdness? I, I don't get it. You know, I like pineapples. Why is it going to be where we live in, man? 
It's, it's, it's insane, but you know, we, we made a few new friends. Oh. <laughs> we can't, I'm sure Lars thrilled. Oh, buddy. It's all good. All right. So let's be cracking today. We have an, a phenomenal guest and, and I'm going to, I'm going to say this about our guest and, and it's in, you know, I kind of admire you, Joe and, and, and Guillermo for the fact that both of you kind of went after a life by design and, and our, our guest today is a longtime friend and an associate. He's a very successful real estate broker and sales coach. And, and a couple of years back, he decided to live an intentional life and move him and his family to Spain. Now he owns and operates a successful real estate brokerage. He, he's a member of the XP group and has a sales team, ST Realty Network, and he's doing it all from Spain. So I want to welcome our guest today, Guillermo Salas from ST Realty Network. What's up, Guillermo? What's up, brother? I wasn't sure if to open up my camera, so I, I think I timed it okay there for you. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not sure if I did, but I'm working it out. I'll figure it out, brother. Better make an extra nice. So, Guillermo, tell me, uh, tell us a little bit about the decision leading up to, well, or, or first of all, who had the idea? Was it you or Danielle? It's never me, man. You know, it's, it's, it's a smarter one. It's Danielle. And she loves, loves to travel. And it's funny because it all happened. It was like a perfect storm with the, with a pandemic. We had talked about for years, like, Hey man, let's just take the kids out, school for years, travel the world, homeschool them. And, and then COVID happened and we saw what homeschooling looked like, but hell no, we're not doing that. Right. So we're not going to travel the world and take care of the kids ourselves. So we thought the next best thing is we had traveled to Spain and spent a month there before all that stuff happened. And we just loved it. Right. And, and the kids are half Spanish. And so we wanted them to be able to speak Spanish. So that was where, where it came from. Like, hey, we're going to go in Spain. We're going to travel Europe, spend a year there and just have them like immersed in the culture, just travel all around, learn a bunch of different things and, and really grasp the Spanish language. So yeah, it was really my wife who, who had the idea and she had to drag me on a little bit, but, but uh, it's like, you know, like, you know, we talk about hundred percent attention. It came down to that ultimately at the end of the day. 100% intention. You were 100% intentional. Nothing was going to stop you, right? And they, you, know, you don't know what it's going to look like, but you know, you, you know, we're not, not, yeah, yeah. And, and like, you know, listen, we speak the same language, right? You know, the how is what stops people. And yeah, when you live in, and, and it's unconventional, right? Let's just call it space, but it, it, it's unconventional to just live. And not everybody knows I've got four kids, right? So I'm not moving just a small, I'm moving like, entire football team almost, right? And so, yeah, it's unconventional. And there's a lot of how that can just jump up. Like, well, how am I going to run my business? How am I going to deal with my house? How am I going to, you know, move? How am I going to, I brought my dog too. Like, how do we get the dog over there? Like they, all these things could just like stop things dead in this track. And, and to be honest, like there were moments mentally where, where, yeah, it, it, it would stop. I mean, this is getting too hard and too complicated, but the, the focus on what I wanted the experience to be for family, for us, the side benefit is like, it also provide a lot of opportunity for the people in our team back home. So like, it just helped elevate their career. When I, when I focus on that part of it, it made it easier to sort of like, just, Hey, this is what is best for not only my family, but for everybody who's part of my world. I want to come back to that in a little bit, the logistics of running the business from, from afar, but, but also I want to, I want to, I want to talk to Joe too. I mean, Joe kind of in, in, in similar fashion, Joe and I grew up Right. You know, in the same, in the same neighborhood, basically, and went to the same college, worked for the same school out, everyone searched the same job out as Joe, you're, you're, 
your path took you to San Diego, right? And, yeah. and you had to have some of the similar kind of, I guess, reservations about moving your family. Well, first of all, you lived on the boardwalk in Atlanta, in Ocean City above a, an ice cream store and you first had jelly, right? Yeah. That was the first time I was like, wow, he's just, he's, he's just doing it, man. Yeah, it was, I mean, same situation for me that I, I've always, I learned pretty early because I moved around with my career. Like in, in the very beginning, I lived out in Pittsburgh and down at DC and all this. And I hated, really hated living in both those places. So I just decided that I would never let my job dictate where I live. I wanted to, if I had the skill set to be able to work somewhere, I can work anywhere and I'd be able to figure it out. And then I came out to California a couple of times. I would look around and be like, how do all these people afford to live here? Like they much, they're not smarter than me. They're not harder working than me. You know, I can figure that part out. So basically I'm just like, all right, well, if they can do it, I can do it and I'll figure it out. And uh, I have five kids too. So it's like, you know, but for me, it was, I just had trusted the, my skill set. I said, if I can build a business here, then I take all of the same principles and I can do it somewhere else. You know, you don't know what you don't know until you kind of dive into it. But if you just baptism by fire, you know, one of the things that I always say yeah. is you're not, fear comes from the unknown. Well, if you, when you're in a situation and something's happening, I surf, you know, big waves and stuff like that. And like, you're always most scared when you're looking at, when you're out there, but when you're actually getting held underwater by a massive wave, you're not scared anymore. You're surviving. So that's the, that's the whole deal. And that's when you rely on your training and your skill and, and so forth. So same situation when you take a leap to do something that's kind of unconventional. It's the fact that you don't know what's going to happen. That's what you're scared of. But when it's actually happening, you're just, you don't have time to worry. You just kind of dive in and make it happen. And it's not always perfect, but you get the job done. So that's where I'm at. So, 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 so Joe, you decided to go out there and build a business and Guillermo, what you did, which I, I admire is that you had a very successful real estate team here in Philadelphia, in New Jersey, you know, tri-state area, let's say. When you moved that business, right, you, you maintained control and operations over that successful real estate business. So, so walk me through as a business owner, walk me through some of the things that you were concerned about, right? You know, we talk about not worrying about that now, but there's still like logistically like, all right, we're going to need to figure this, this, and this out. So I'm going to stop us from making this leap, but these are the things you're going to need to figure out. What were the most important things that you felt like here's what we're going to need to establish or accomplish first when we make this transition? Yeah, you know, I, I, I was sort of fortunate. And again, I, I hate to sort of, it doesn't make it sound this way, but like COVID helped me with that process, right? Because like being locked up and Brian, I have to figure out a way to do a different business when you weren't doing it the way you used to. Like I, I saw firsthand, like I can run this company virtually. It was apparent to me like, hey, the way we have been doing it before is not the way we have to do it forever. And so if I could do it locked up in my house, so we're in Morristown, New Jersey, there was no difference. I just, just time zone difference. I could do that in Spain. I could do that in California. I could do that wherever. And I had the right team. So that was part of it too. Like, you know, just, I had been working with great people, continue to work with great people and, and training them and, and giving them opportunity. 
So yeah, I mean the doubt, like I, I like what you said, Joe, like that fear, you know, I have an acronym for fears. Fear is false evidence appear real. Like a lot of the stuff that we think is going to be scary. Hold on, back up. False yeah. evidence appearing real. Yeah. False and appearing real. So we think talk the about thing that a second. With that, yeah, talk, yeah, talk about that for a second. So like a lot of us will, will think that something's really scary, but when we actually go and do it, it's not nearly as scary as, as we made it out to be in our head. Right. It's like you said, Joe, like you're, you're there, you're surviving, you're in that wave. I'm out there. I'm going to figure a way out to make this work. Right. I'm going to figure a way to continue to prospect and provide leads for the team. I'm going to find a way to still stay in contact with my agents, still find a way to build community and camaraderie. And it's different, but just because it's different doesn't mean it's wrong. Right. And then in, in, in a lot of ways, I felt supported in the decision because we are global. Right. We are more virtual. I mean, it's why I moved over to the EFT model because I, that's, that's what everything's moving towards. So why not embrace it and, and get ahead of it rather than, so yeah, the logistics part of it, like there's, there's a bunch of stuff that I had to like, all right, I gotta, gotta make sure this is the place and that place. But at the end of the day, it was the commitment. Like Joe said, like, Hey, I'm going to just going to find a way. And like, I don't know what it's going to look like, but then, and, and it wasn't perfect for sure. Like there were tired parts where like, all right, well, this piece is out. I got to find another way to, to fix it. So. There is a future, there is a, is a, you're experiencing what has yet to occur, right? Where we're living in the future when we're in that fearful mind state. And, and typically we predict a, we presuppose some, for some reason, we presuppose a negative outcome. And that's where the fear comes from. It's not that, it's not that anything's actually happened yet, right? We're just like, well, like, oh, this might happen. In fact, and then our brain tells us this is going to happen. And then our brain tells us, well, if that happens, this is going to be the outcome. God, that's a terrible outcome. All of a sudden, I'm, bogged down with fear, right? Why, why do we do that as humans? Why, why is as that? So, much? <laughs> so we don't, so we don't get past and stuff, bro. It's, it's programmed in. Well, <laughs> that's how it goes. Yeah, but yeah. I think another, another big like stumbling block that people have is their expectation that the execution is going to be, that needs to be perfect when they make a, a step like that. And that's, like, you know, paralysis analysis, like, well, I'm not going to do it because I don't have it all lined up perfectly. And you'll never progress if you think that it needs to be perfect. It's one of those, you know, you really have to just go and, you know, Steve Harvey says it like, just jump and then take it. Like you have to do that and understand that that next step is not going to be how you think it's going to be. And it's definitely not going to be perfect. It needs to be good enough. And then once you get to that step, then you can refine it and so forth. So that's, I feel like that holds a lot of people back. And it frustrates me when I have, when I work with other people on projects or we have a great idea and I have, you know, a partner or somebody that's going to do it. And we're like, all right, cool, let's go, man. And I'm like, no, well, we need to get this first. And then we need to do this and this. And I'm, and I'm just like, go, go, go. We'll figure that later. Like, let's just keep the, the bus moving. But so I think that holds a lot of people back and. It's a detriment sometimes because, you know, you get labeled as uh, he's not detail oriented or these types of things, but that's always kind of kept me moving because I'll, I'll figure it out after I make the jump, you know. Guillermo, you're running a successful coaching business too. Is that right? Yes. I now I've sort of leveraged that into my EXP group and sort of provided that as sort of additional value for our group. But yeah, it's like, yeah, we coach the same with the same coach. So we, we speak the same language. It's literally right. the same thing. Positive mindset, law of attraction. Just really get it straight up here. 
because if it's not straight up mm-hmm. here, then, then nothing else matters, right? If, if you're not thinking about life the right way, approaching things the right way, you can have all the skill and all the talent in the world, but you're not going to execute out there. And it's, it's, it's what Joe said. Like, you know, I, it's, a, it's the belief that, Hey, I'm not the smartest guy out there at all, but I know I'm not the dumbest, right? It's, and I know there's a lot of guys out there who are super successful and gals out there that are, are, you know, not as smart as me. If they can do it, I can figure it out. And I think a lot of us don't operate that way. And I think we're all should be operating that way. We have, have ability to do that. You actually, I remember, you, you know, to quote you almost exactly, one of your lines that always stuck with me in one of our previous conversations was follow a plan. It doesn't even have to be a particularly good plan. Just have to have a plan to follow. And you, you said that to me once and it stuck with me. And I've, I've kind of, you know, gone back to that many times over the years that, you know, people who, you know, just, just, just execute a plan, you know, because you know, you'll figure out what's going to be about that plan and make the adjustments, you know, um, and, 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 and it's just take action, right? That's, that's yeah. really important. It's just do something. Right. So let me ask you this, looking back on your experience, I got, this is a two part question for you. Number one, what was the most memorable thing that you've done over the last two years that where you were in the moment saying, oh my God, I can't believe this is what, this is, this is what we created. Like, have you, have you had to have had that moment once or twice over the last couple of years? Do you recall any, any moments that were, that were kind of, you know, you know, in the moment like that? Yeah. One professional, I guess, and one, one personal and the personal just drives everything, right? If you, it's good in your personal life, everything. So it just fall, falls in, in place or else. But a big part of why we went to, to Spain is we wanted to travel. I went to expose our kids to all different kind of cultures and learnings. And our kids were, were in school learning about ancient Greece. I grew up loving like Greek mythology. And then I'm there in the middle of it all a couple months ago. And it, it was a, an emotional moment for me. Like I was like, wow, I'm here. I'm here with my family. I'm there with my dad, you know, who's, who's 75 years old. And I'm living with my family in the moment. Like I'm just hugging on the kid. My oldest is 14. So, you know, Liam's, I forget how old Liam is that just for, but he's a man, he's right? 20, like, it, just, it happened so quickly. And so this, and yeah. a big part of why I'm doing what I'm doing is like, I want to not get on my, my income goals. But I want it all. I want to have my family with me and in, in, in a way that I want, like to just be with them and share that moment. So that was important to me. And then I was in the room with all of our agents. There's about 60 or 70 in, in our EFT group. And I just looked around like, hey, we created this together. And we're just celebrating together. And we're just, you know, talking about future plans and, and how all this stuff is going to be great for them and the opportunity they have with, within the model. And I just had that moment where I just, I was able to stop while somebody else was speaking and I just looked around the room and just saw all the looks and the nods and like, Hey man, this is, this is a great group of people that I get to, to the privilege to work with and, and that's always lead. That's awesome. That is awesome. So logistically talk about real estate, talk about your team structure. How is it, how is it set up so that you can do, so that you've been able to pull this off, but you know, obviously you fine tuned it over the last two years. So. What's the structure like now? Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest part for me was to just commit to be completely out of production. Personally, sometimes as a team leader, I was like, I was getting in and now I have a great operations director 
and, and then had some great agents on our team that would support from a, from a cultural standpoint. So I, I committed like, Hey, I'm, I'm not going to sell anymore because all the leads that come into the company, the, the agents are going to take advantage of it and, and sell and, and help grow their careers. And then I provided some, some growth opportunities within our organization in terms of profit share and things like that to help them grow their careers. So just provide a lot of growth opportunity. Cause I, I remember you know, this, so I mean, I, this is my second career. I was a lawyer before this. And I, I remember being frustrated that I kept on hitting the ceiling and I always like told myself, like, if I ever have an opportunity to create a company, I want something that provides opportunity for other people. So you help enough people get what they want, you, you'll get what you want. And, and that's really at the heart of like my view on any of the businesses that are involved. It makes sense. Yeah. That's it does. It does. So, so you, you were from where, where you grew up, where? North Philadelphia, right there. So, so from North Philadelphia to what's that? Used to be called the Badlands. Now it's like Junagi or whatever they call that part of town. Juniata. <laughs> <laughs> from North Philadelphia to, to living in Spain, operating a successful real estate team and brokerage, you know, it, it's, it's just impressive. It really, really is. And it just, it just goes to show and, and, and proves that, you know, first you have to have a desire. Right. And then that di- desire has got to be strong enough. And then you just got to have a will to take action towards that, towards that, to that goal and be willing to make adjustments along the way. And then, you know, you can fulfill that, you know, and it's, it's, it's cool, man. It's inspirational for me. And, and I'm sure I hope it's inspirational. I hope the people that are listening understand that, that no matter what's going on in their world right now, if, they, if there's something they, if, they, if they're not living the life of intention, if they're not living a life by design. Um, that really, they just got to sit back. They got to put pen to paper, plan what they really want their life to look like, and then just start taking action towards it. And, and it'll kind of, it'll materialize. And then, you know, I'm wearing my hat, my favorite hat says, I'm so lucky. And it's not because, you know, it's not because I win the lottery. I'm lucky because, you know, I was fortunate enough to realize I was fortunate enough to have my eyes open to the power of possibility and the power of, of intention. And once you realize that, man, you're the luckiest man on the earth, right? For sure. Doesn't get any better. You know what, what, dude? I I think that it's important to note that our, I, not to get too political or deep, but our society is set up to not help individuals thrive like that. Like we have a systemic system that will put you in college and then work for a corporation. And if you try and break out of that mold and not fall in line, the detractors and the haters just come out of the woodworks and make you question everything and just think you're nuts and say, how are you going to do that? And, you know, Kenny, when you mentioned that we were living above an ice cream shop, I can't tell you how many people were like, well, what do you do? And how are you going to even fit in there? You guys should rent a bigger house or do all this. And you know, and it was, you just really just have to put the blinders on almost to like relearn everything that you were taught at school about, you know, being a, a square peg or whatever. Like it, it just, there's so much out there that will tell you counterintuitively that you should not be taking this leap or doing it in this unconventional way that if you can be confident enough to block all that out and just, you know, use that as motivation to say, well, I'm going to show you, this is how we do it. Like you, you get to a point where you look around at other people that have done it and kind of like, uh-huh. And it's, it's almost funny when, and not funny, but I, I have neighbors and colleagues and friends that, you know, they've worked a career killing themselves for making 
another corporation, another person, tons of money. They don't spend time with their kids, but now they're retired. And it's like, okay, now what? Now they get to live the life that we've been living because we chose to not fall into that mold. So it's really important to block out the haters and, and just, just, you know, understand that that's how we're programmed right now. Yeah. Hey, Joe, can I answer that? They, they, oh, my well. The blocking out part. Oh, uh, that, yeah. The, the, the blocking out part really applies to social media too. Like, so like, I don't want anybody coming out of this thing like, Hey, th this is perfect. It's not perfect. Right. There's, there's pitfalls and there's challenges. The difference is we're committed to the outcome, the, the goal of living the life a certain way. And that's what you keep your eye on, right? It's not that it's easy or that's perfect. And there's just adversity and there's challenges. But at the end of the day, it's so much worth it doing this way because you're going to live the life you want to live. Yeah. It was a great way to wrap up. I want to say, like, I, you know, I got a ton of love for both of you guys. You know, people that listening may not know that both Joe and Gero have been extremely influential in my life and, and super value to have them, you know, kind of meet them along the way in, in just a happenstance, you know, over the years, you both taught me a ton and um, I just want to take a quick second and appreciate both of you for that because it's been, it's been, been a great, a great road so far. <laughs> Do this, so not Gary, you're back from Spain or what's that? <laughs> what's that? Just, just dude, he. I feel like I'm like the canary in the coal mine for you, KJ. You're like, ah, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, we'll catch up in a little bit. I appreciate both your time and, and, and we'll be chatting soon, I'm sure. Thanks, sir. See you guys. All right, buddy. Thanks for listening to Selling the Dream. We know you don't want to miss a single episode, so go subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. And then make sure to share the show with your friends and leave us a review.